Hosting for two blokes talking tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening, Kanga Dadling. Episode 237 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm sitting in the Tech Guide studio. And no, we're not Bo Berghoff. Have you been listening to Serial, Stephen? I'm just trying to get into it. It's not that exciting. But we are surrounded by Darth Vader and... Um, who's that, Blake? Stormtrooper. Here for a special... We're certainly going to start off, thanks to the good people at Netgear, as a Star Wars edition. But don't worry, everyone. If you're not a Star Wars fan, there's much more than Star Wars to discuss. And there won't be spoilers either. No spoilers. But Stephen Fenny from you Give us some sound effects, mate, to start off with. Come on, it's Star Wars after all. Can you hear that, everyone? Yeah. That Welcome. is that is my hand on my lightsaber. <laughs> Get your hand off it. Hang on, hang on, one more. Oh, well, let's put it away now. Oh, jeez. It's tragic, but we do have to discuss the uh, the big thing, the elephant in the room, and that is Star Wars. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, Stephen, let's be upfront and and be very honest here. Uh, I was invited to to the midnight screening. I declined at the last minute because, frankly, well, no, look, in my defence, I did have to do the Today Show the next morning and I realised that I wouldn't get any sleep in between the screening, the Today Show, going to work and then my son's birthday party. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And um, so I, to this date, and it is Friday afternoon, it's it's our last edition of the year um, and we thought we'll talk Christmas at the end. um, You know, so we are recording on Friday, an unusual day for us to record. But as of this date, I have not seen the movie but people he still let me in the house absolutely well I've, I've more than made up for you i actually seen it three times in 24 hours i was at the premiere i had a session in the next morning and then watch it again imax so um and and again anyone who's worried about any spoilers there will be no spoilers here uh, I'm going to just talk about the movie and and the, how how great it was and great to see they've mixed the the new with the old. So let's let's understand what that means for the for the, those of us that don't really get it. But JJ Abrams here, this is a big deal because he could have stuffed this up. He he could have taken the mantle, taken the the ownership, taken the role of directing this yeah. as well as Disney who now own it, and they could have completely stuffed it up. Bottom line. They haven't. They absolutely not. No, he had the keys to Star Wars. They gave him. It's like lending someone the the keys to a, a, a sports car, mm-hmm. and he's done a terrific job. It's in great hands. He he sort of gave the nod to the the older Star Wars references, and but brought on these great new characters, great storyline, and really has re-energized the franchise. And uh, you, you, anyone who watches the movie, you'll see there's a clear path because this is the start of a trilogy, don't forget. So this is just, this is episode seven. There'll be eight and nine to come. So you've you've just seen how he's just created this amazing new storyline uh, and blended those new characters with the old characters and come up with a winner. Technically because this is a tech podcast, it's not a movie podcast, we're not here with Buddy Mark Fennell, what, 
I mean, when I watched, I watched the original three, uh, four, five, and six on the plane on the way to IFA, and you know, um, from a movie production perspective, it was very impressive, but it was still, like you could see that it was 30, 40 years old. So, I mean, is it now at a point where, where we, it's, it's so believable, the CGI, the, the, the intergalactic bloody fighting and spaceships and stuff? I mean, is that stuff to the point where it's just ridiculous? That, that's a very good question for a non-Star Wars person because the... What... <laughs> he's, he's, he's sat back and gone, hang on a minute. That's, that's a good question. The, the re- reason I think uh, what, what J.J. Abrams set out to do was to kind of go back to the beginning. The reason Star Wars was such a big success back in 1977 because... No one had anything else to do. Well, George Lucas created these worlds and they were practical sets. He was in the desert. He was in doing this and created miniatures. And, and people really... It was a game changer at the time. So it wasn't a big green screen no, production. Right. There a lot of people complained about the prequel movies like Episode 1, 2 and 3. They were a little cartoonish. They were all CGI, acting to nothing and... It, it, it felt that way a little bit. People, that was one of the reasons, I think, why people were, felt they were so sort of maligned, these films. But J.J. Abrams thought, well, no, we're going to go to the desert. We're going to do it. We're going to build sets. We're going to build it all, do it right. He even used, and I remember he said this in an interview recently, he even used the same lenses that they used to film Star Wars. Was it, was it shot on film? It was, exactly. That's another point. He, he shot it on 35mm uh, and, and did it old school. So and you could the film looks great and I think that's what adds to the whole as natural as you can get for a Star Wars movie that he he tried to create as much in camera as he could. Let me ask you this. You're an actor, big Hollywood superstar, and you get invited to do Star Wars. Do you think in 20 years from now the people that agreed to do episodes 1, 2 and 3 are kicking themselves that they weren't invited to be, you know, because the characters don't exist or, you know, weren't in seven, eight, and nine, yeah. because those are people. Oh, they're so maligned. One, two, and three are just basically can. You're told not to watch them. A non-Star Wars fan is told not to bother with them. Yeah. Well, no. I think the look. If you're offered at the time when George Lucas decided to do the prequels, that that was massive. And if you're an actor at the time, like Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, you know, great actors and would have been stupid not to do them. But sure, they but... They never knew that there was going to be uh, other in, movies. But in reflection, like if... And I know that the years pass and da-da-da, but are you, are you a better perceived actor having now been in seven than one? Well, I'll give you this... I'll make this point. Natalie Portman who was very young when she started episode one, Good sort did, did episode two and three, and then went on to win an Oscar. So she has not gone Not too for bad. this. No, she won an Oscar for Black Swan. But Ewan McGregor, again, he's kicked a goal. He's, he was a great actor to begin with, and he's still a great actor. Liam Neeson, another prequel actor who's gone on to bigger things. Samuel L. Jackson. There's, no, one's, no one's career's been damaged, maybe apart from Hayden Christensen, who played Anakin Skywalker, but had the nickname Mannequin Skywalker because he was so wooden right. in his movies. But no one's gone on to... It hasn't ruined their careers. But the, the new actors, though, the, 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 I don't think you can bring in a massive name to these movies. You needed these people, mm. like John Boyega, Daisy Ridley. They're the two main new actors who no one knew them from Adam before these movies, but they were fantastic. And if they were a big name, you'd be looking at a big name in a Star Wars movie. But because they're not a big name, you're looking at, a you're character. Looking at the character. Absolutely right. So J.J. Abrams, the casting, he nailed it as well. 
Okay, you've seen it three times. Did you see it in 3D each time? Is it available? I didn't even ask whether my... Yeah, yeah, I saw it. The, the premiere was at uh, in the Entertainment Quarter in Sydney here, and it was in 3D, yes. uh, normal you know, screen. The next morning, I paid for this ticket. It was 3D VMAX Dolby Atmos session. So, you know, this is where the speakers are on the roof as well, on the ceiling. And then I watched it IMAX 2D. That was perfect. So, yeah, yeah. that's the technical question I have yeah. for you. Then I actually didn't want to see it in 3D. I'm glad... Uh, I, I didn't, but I just make it gives me headaches. So, yeah. having seen it with You're those fragile different thing, you are. I am very fragile. You're so delicate. Let's I not bring up the hoverboard again. <laughs> um, so, having seen it pretty much in every every way yeah. possible, mm-hmm. um, you know, is the two D experience just as good? But you went two D yeah. IMAX. Do you think the two D cinema experience yeah. like it, does That's it work in any yet. in any in any way? Do you think? Well, I think three D is great. Um, but one thing about three D, and and you can do this in the cinema. Like, take just lift your glasses up a little bit you'll see that the image is a lot brighter without your glasses. Mm. So the, the, that's one, one downside of 3D. It looks great. And, you, know, you can see the depth in the picture and all that, but it, 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 the brightness suffers. So I, that's one. I want to see it on a normal big screen with good Dolby Atmos, but mm. 2D. Because if we were sitting here in the Tech Guide Theatre when it comes out on you know 4K Blu-ray or some yeah. blooming thing, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, mm. I'm not going to see it until that. I can't imagine. <clears throat> no, I can't imagine that so I will see. Your it. son Jackson doesn't want to see. It. Like he's he's how old is he? What's now? the rating of the movie? It's uh, it's M. Yeah, so he's not going to see it, yeah. man. I'm it's sorry, M, but it's not MA though. It's it's M. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think a nine year old. Yeah. Well, that's oh, your son is nine. That was the exact age I was when I saw Star with the original. So Star. when when in a year from now they're starting to make money off the DVD Blu-ray sales. Mm-hmm. And you sit me down here with a can of Coke and say, right, you're about to experience The Force Awakens. Yep. Will you show it to me in 2D or 3D? 2D. That's Not because of my headaches, but because no, in terms 2D. of the best no, experience. You don't need to, you look, the movie's good enough to stand on its own in 2D. Fine. 3D is a great, a great cherry on top, but don't need it. Okay. You've written a non-spoiler review at techguide.com.au. Question. Um, people, let's spoil the rating, though. Uh, you normally go to five. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, star rating. Yeah, yeah. You normally go out of five. out of ten. Where what is this movie? And can Stephen Fennick judge this and rate this movie? With uh, aside from the fact that you have two, four, six, eight, now nine lightsabers, uh, a life-size Darth Vader, and a life-size Stormtrooper in the in the uh, in the theater here, what do you rate it out of ten? Mate, it's a it's a nine point five. And it's and it's is that a ge- like to, no no legit. It's close to being one of the best Star Wars episodes yet. Oh, that's, that's a massive call. And I've seen it about three Did you times. say anything like that after episode one? No. Okay. No. The, the prequels weren't a shadow on the original trilogy. The, the, what, and you no. saw that coming out because right. the prequels had the same lead up. They had 20 years of nothing and then but, something, right? But here's the disadvantage of the prequels, right? Yeah, it was exciting. And how, hello, it's another Star Wars movie. And going back to see where it all came from, but the challenge that George Lucas had was, we know how it ends. We know that this young kid oh. who's Anakin is one day going to become this bloke here in the black suit, uh, Darth Vader. So we knew the journey was, was what we wanted to enjoy. Mm. It was kind of like the to- like watch, going to watch Titanic. Hello, we know it's going to sink. <clears throat> yeah, okay, it's going to sink. Yeah. But what are you going to add to that? Yeah. A that, steamy that scene down in, the, in a model D4. That's right, in a Ford. There you go. <laughs> but, but, you know, he, he put a love story on board. Yeah. You know, like... What's George Lucas got? He tried to put a love story in there because it is a love story with Padme, then add Anakin, and they they have Luke and Leia as their twins, mm. which is in the original trilogy. But it was just he he 
it was slightly off the mark. What what was missing was the script writers he used in the original trilogy, which is actually Lawrence Kasdan, who co-wrote A Force Awakens with J.J. Abrams. So the guy who wrote Empire and Return of the Jedi, arguably the two best movies. Empire is like nine out of nine times out of ten the most favoured Star Wars movie among fans. He wrote that. Lawrence Kasdan. He also co-wrote. Uh, a Force Awakens with J.J. Abrams. So that's that's why this... Well, J.J. Abrams wrote it. wrote it. He co-wrote it. Oh, no, I, yeah. I thought it was a George Lucas thing and he just handed over the... No, no, no. He, George Lucas handed over... Well, he sold Lucasfilm. No, no, nothing. So there was nothing. He, he sold them a blank piece of paper. He just sold well, them the, the franchise the rights, the the franchise and the rights to do it. Did he have the right to say, mate, that's a stupid no. story? No, he didn't. Really? He was consulted, but... They, he, but they wouldn't. In the end, they wouldn't go write a story and not even ask George. They'd go, what do you reckon? He'd well, go, I'd touch this, I'd touch that. And he, they'd say, no, we're going to keep it this way. he didn't want that. He retired. He said, look, this is yours now. I've had my say. And wouldn't you have loved movie. to have he been? He saw the movie and, and enjoyed it. He said he saw the movie and liked it. Mm-hmm. And he was quoted as saying to someone said, how are you going to feel when you're watching A Force Awakens that you've had nothing to do with? Mm-hmm. And the line he gave was a funny line. He goes, well, it'd be like watching your ex-girlfriend make out with some other bloke. That's, that's that's what he said, and you know he's obviously attached to this. He created this, and massive credit to him in the film, based on characters created by George Lucas. This is his this is his brainchild. So, but I think after the prequel experience, I think Star Wars fans, myself included, were happy that George backed away from it. Well, no, seriously, like he. he He's always got his hands on the movies too. He's a, and and, it, and it, true Star Wars fans will agree with me here. He's always Don't tinkering. talk about the edits. No, he's always tinkering with the old movies. Like he he made changes, made changes even based on what he did in the prequels. Like he gave Boba Fett a Kiwi accent. In in he changed Empire Strikes Back because in the prequels he cast a Kiwi actor to play Jango Fett, which Tamara Morrison, great actor. But then okay, so seeing he's a Kiwi, his son's got to be a Kiwi too. So I'm going to change the best Star Wars movie ever made and give Boba Fett a Kiwi accent. That, that's how far he went. And that's what angered the fans. And don't get me started on the hand shooting first in hand Solo shooting first in Star Wars. He changed that as well. But we could go on for our, It could be two blokes talking Star Wars or it would be one bloke. It would be one. It would be one bloke holding a microphone. We'd be going on for hours about this. <laughs> well, I am um, very impressed with your ability to keep this storyline under wraps. Your rating is important. I think the technical viewing experience is a good one. So, so people can watch it anywhere and with great comfort. And uh, people can enjoy your full review at techguide.com.au. Well, we've entered the world of virtual reality. I think this is going to be a, a product we're going to see 2016, I think, is going to be the year of VR. And we're talking, you know, PlayStation VR and, and Oculus and I think HTC have got a, a, a VR Lenovo. unit. They're all doing it. Uh, but Samsung have been at it for a little while. In fact, they've just released the Gear VR version 3 of the Third Gear. generation. Can you believe that? And it is a great little unit, I think, for, for anyone, obviously, who's a Samsung customer. They, they, they've made it so that you use your, your Galaxy S6, your S6 Edge, the S6 Edge Plus, and the Note 5. So all four of those phones will fit in the unit. So... That's the why it's so affordable. It's like it's only one hundred and fifty nine dollars. Mm. The reason it's affordable is they haven't put this this fifteen hundred dollars screen in it. You already own the screen as your smartphone. And, and the critical point is the previous Gear VRs were, were priced around the two fifty mark, and they were specific to a phone. You had an S six version, and you had had a Note five version. So now, if you've got a Note five and your mate's got an S six, you can have the one headset and share it around. Yep. And but here's what blew my mind, right? 
I, I took this thing out of the box and I went, it's $159. Does it feel cheaper? No. Is it better? Sturdy. Yep. The, the touchpad on the side is exactly the same, but it has like nodules. It, it's kind of uh, etched out now so that you can feel where you're going. It is so like 20 times more comfortable to wear because they've put proper padding around the front as opposed to just a bit of foam. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, it fits all of the phones. So they've created a better comfort, better usability, uh, better compatibility across their range and made it $100 cheaper. Now, it's 99 in the US, 159 here. It's available at Samsung Experience Stores or Samsung's online e-store. Mate, I reckon this is a cracking idea for if you know someone who, who has one of those phones and they love the latest gadgets. Mate, there is nothing that, that, frankly, in my view, there's three things right now which are hot in terms of looking like the coolest people on the, on the blocks. They are hoverboards, VR, and drones. Yep. Uh, the VR. This is this is a great entry point into the VR, and obviously Samsung have backed it, so you need a Samsung phone. But just just judging from the reaction of my family, I put a Note Five in it, and I couldn't get it off. Like I, my daughters were using it, my son Aaron was using it, my wife was using it. I couldn't get it off them. That's how immersive it became, and they kept exploring different bits. There's plenty of content there already, more content to come. And I like the fact that it's not only a VR virtual reality sort of immersive for photos and videos. But you can even use it as your own little personal home theater. It's your own little viewing area. As a matter of fact, there's a Netflix app you can watch on it, and you can actually enter your Netflix account details in it and watch your Netflix account through the VR anywhere you want. You could be just relaxing, kicking back in bed or in, on a chair or whatever you like, and it's your own little personal home theater of your own Netflix content. So, yeah, interesting. It's a cracking good little product. It's, um, it is interesting when you think about the, you know, Samsung's entry into this world. They are about to compete much more. I mean, this is in partnership with Oculus. They, they get Oculus technology. So, it, Facebook owns Oculus. That's, a, that's an interesting kind of progression there. One, one thing, though, just my, my sort of my opinion of the product, it, it, you, I agree with you. It is very well made it, it, it's, and it's affordable. But don't expect to get. 4k quality out of it because you know you got to remember you're holding the phone probably three centimeters away from your face and there are lenses that sort of focus it a little clearer but you're not going to get even hd quality out of it so just keep that in mind for anyone thinking you're having expectations of seeing this super amoled 4k quality it's not going to happen because your screen is so close to your face. Yeah, you're looking at the pixels, and that's the that's probably the only argument for increasing screen resolution at all is that. Otherwise, why do we need anything better than what we what we had two years ago? Frankly, although I've been using uh, Google Cardboard is something we've uh, we've had for a while, and and during in the in the lead up to the Star Wars, you got the Star Wars ones. I got two Star Wars ones, so the the different characters on each one of them. I got one of the premiere. I got one of the fan day. And I've been using the Xperia Z5 Premium, yeah, which is a 4K. 4K screen, and that looks amazing in the Google Cardboard. Uh, and what a shame it can't fit in the in the Samsung Gear VR. And and, and interestingly, you mentioned Sony there with the Xperia Z5. Um, the PlayStation also has much higher resolution screen inside its virtual reality headset. So PlayStation VR is. In my view, Samsung Samsung are doing a good job being in the VR race, but, mate, as soon as PlayStation VR comes out, good luck. They've got to smash it. Here's the thing for me, right? The VR is great, and the gamer, the gaming audience, is an obvious target for this kind of technology. Will it... Like, I know PlayStation is obviously a gaming company, and there's going to be no shortage of games. Samsung are sort of dabbling in the... There's apps, and there's movies and photos. 
Will it take off as a as a viewing a viewing mode, which where you just kick back and you're in this world? Like, are they, is someone going to have the initiative to create that sort of film? Like, imagine being able to watch Star Wars like that. You're in a world where you're turning around and you, the action's happening all around you. Is that the future of entertainment? No. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think it is. It's th- it's three D. So it's 3D all over again. See, people say to me all the time, they, they ring up on the radio, they'd ring you as well, saying, which TV should I buy? Da, 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 da. And, you know, it doesn't need to be 3D, 3D's dead. No, no, 3D is alive and booming because movies are made, like the biggest movie in the world is made in 3D. So if you've got a beautiful 3D TV, when you buy Star Wars, it will look amazing in 3D. So 3D is like air conditioning in cars. You just get it now. I think VR is a little bit like that. It'll be one of those things that's just there for the buff. So your gamers, yeah, yeah, there will be, there won't be movies, but there'll be movie content. So you'll find, um, I can imagine um, uh, uh, for the next Star Wars movie, they'll do a flyover with a helicopter and a 360 camera and you'll be able to just f- fly over the set mm. And look around. Well, the Star Wars app had a, a thing called the Jakku Spy. Jakku's one at the desert. Are you trying to get Star Wars into every segment no, no, today? I'm just saying because 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 the the app the app gave it. There was like all these different things you could download every day. There was a new little message, and that was that was what time of day did that come through? Oh, the very knew exactly. You knew exactly what time it. There's a countdown timer on it. I just check occasionally, but it it was. Um, Can you quit for meeting at four o'clock? Seven? No, no. There's new Star Wars content. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the Gear VR is cracking good. You can see it both on uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So we talked, I think, last week about Bing. Let's just ignore Google, although the, the Jared Hayne was in the top searches on Google. Um, There's a lot of... Uh, Netflix was the biggest search on Google in Australia this year. But the one I took interest in this week was Facebook's um, data data set for, for the year. Um, they released the, um, the, the top 10 places checked into in Australia um, for 2015. Now, I, I don't know whether they've done only a small amount of publicity for it or what, but... The number one was the Crown. MC- Crown. No, it was yeah. the Crown the in Melbourne. Yeah, I so think the MCG was was MCG was number two. So yeah. Crown number one. I just what don't it think Facebook it's Facebook and Melbourne. Well, what's it with Facebook and gambling? No, but is it gambling or is it shows? Is it who, who knows what it is, right? So the Crown number one, MCG number two. So Melbourne wins the the title for top. Yeah, yeah. Sydney comes in next with Darling Harbour, Opera House, and Toronto Zoo. Top top effort. Not bad. But Queensland um, tops the numbers with four of the four of the top ten with SeaWorld, Movie World, Dreamworld, and Australia Zoo. So tourist places, you know, really top the pops. In terms of what we talked about, you know, Tony Abbott, Malcolm Turnbull are there. But here's what's really interesting: is it's a reminder to me this time of year when we see all these stats and stuff. It's a reminder how much data they they have of us, right? Don't ever think that what you what you're doing on the internet, searching for on the internet, or whatever the heck it might be, they know where we are, they know what we're doing, and interestingly. I actually don't think it's that hard to get in the top ten. I had a look at some you of the. Don't think it is. No. What you mean the, the places? The places. Yeah. Because I had a look at uh, a couple of the places. You know, maybe MCG's got one point three million check-ins. They didn't all happen this year, right? Australia Zoo's only got a couple of hundred thousand. I reckon it's it would be very easy next year for a, an organisation that starts soon to go. You know, we want to get X number of million of you know check-ins. We want. 2,000 people a day to check in. If you get 100, 200, 300, 400 people a day through your 
attraction, whatever it is. I reckon you could easily push to get in the top 10 next year. I'm, I'm surprised that Crown took over from the MCG because you got to remember when the MCG is packed, there's, there's nearly 100,000 people yeah, in there. 50% so of them are on people, Facebook. Yeah. They're going to take photos of where they're sitting and the, of the game. And got to check in. You've got to choose to check in. That's mm. the kicker. So I reckon we will see... In 2016, I reckon we'll see campaigns for people saying, you know, check in check here. Check in here, yeah, of course. Because, oh, you know. that already. Yeah. And now, the, sort of just the flow of Facebook now, when, you, when you're putting up a, a new new status, mm. it takes you through, who are you with? Where are you? Mm. When you add your photos, it kind of steps you through it and encourages you to do that anyway. Mm. And what I like too is that, you know, when you post something on Facebook and you have checked in, it tells you that little screen that says that your, your status has been posted, it tells you everyone else that's been there, all your other friends that have been there, mm. other posts made there. So no, it's uh, it's uh, very interesting that uh, oh, I'm I'm still surprised that Crown beat the MCG. Mm. I thought the um, I thought just the check-ins that I did on my own at um, at at ANZ Stadium for the Souths games would have been up there as well. Yeah. No, what's that? Two a year. Um, the but the other thing about the Crown is you know it's a beautiful it's it's the it's the best place in Melbourne to stay. So if you were if you were staying there and they've got a couple of thousand hotel rooms, absolutely you're going to check in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're listening to Two Blacks Talking Tech, episode two hundred and thirty-seven. And we do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Wi-Fi is an important part of every home and, and home theatre. And if you want the best Wi-Fi connectivity, check out the Netgear range of uh, routers and modems um, and modem routers. Uh, even if you've got uh, ADSL, uh, all the new VDSL coming from the NBN, they've got modem routers to suit. And, of course, the Nighthawk range of routers will give you the best performance, the best speed, and a whole bunch of uh, great features, including beamforming and uh, an, an amazing back-end wizard that allows you to set up the network, control the network, and uh, even create a nice little guest network for people visiting your home. The Netgear Nighthawk range of routers. Check them out. More details at netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So, Stephen, this is a funny story because I wrote it this week after listening to a podcast, but I actually started drafting the story 18 months ago. 18 months ago... Oh, it took a long time. I know. I'm, I'm on fire speed-wise. <laughs> 18 months ago, I, um, I got a tweet from Mark Burris saying, um, I, want, I want you to come and see something. He wanted to show me a, a technology that he was working on. So I went to his office. It's quite daunting. You know, it's bloody Mark Burris. He's going to find me. you say to you, you're fired. You know? You're fired. Anyway, he starts telling me about this random bloody company he's, he's part of called TZ and this um, super high-tech locking mechanism they've invented. And it's literally a bit of wire and locks can be internet connected. And oh, it, was, it was a little bit overwhelming. Mate, then I had to go back again. I went back again for a second meeting where he was going to show me the lock. It was unbelievable. And it, and it turns out he's, they've created this little lock, tiny little locking mechanism, which, which by far and away reduces the size of a lock, but also it's electronic so that the wire unlocks and locks the thing. And it's in data centers around the world. And they've, they've created parcel lockers. So you know those parcel lockers that are situated in places where people can pick up their parcels 24 hours a day. So they've created this technology that allows them to have internet-connected lockers and all these kind of things. And I kind of I knew there was a story there somewhere, but I couldn't quite work it out. Um, anyway, so this week he's got on his podcast, he's talking to the boss of Couriers Please in Australia who've just been bought by Singapore Post, mm-hmm. one of the biggest and most profitable po- postal organisations in the world, yep. have bought Couriers Please in Australia. And Couriers Please have then bought the Adam Parcel Locker um, network that Burris had set oh. up. There's like, I don't know, 20 or 30 sites. Like there's one at Westfield Hornsby near me. And they have now planned to roll out nearly 400 sites around Australia. So their strategy, this is Couriers Please, right? Their strategy is to have parcel lockers bloody everywhere. Plus, they've got a network of news agents called Hubbed, 
where news agents yes. are open at 6 a.m., close at 8, 8 p.m. set it up, David McLean, used to work, used to be Australian boss of Microsoft. So, so that's all now run through Couriers Please, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so they're basically challenging now to become the e-commerce leader in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I just thought, man, we've actually got a pretty cool couple of years ahead. We talked two years ago about the, like the Pac-Man locker yeah, that you've got out the front. Here, yeah. So you're going to have personal lockers at home. You're going to have, um, you know, have lockers at, at locations. You're going to have news agents. You're going to have a whole range of uh, e-commerce mm-hmm. delivery options. And I just thought... This, this next 12, 24 months is going to be really interesting Absolutely. because we are still buying more online and the Australia Post system is good, but you've pre- pretty much got to be an Australia Post customer. You've got to decide. Yeah. You've got to choose all that in advance and they're, they're not really opening the game for consumers to get the best win. But what I like about this, this strategy is that they're in places that we go. Westfields, right. they're not. You get try, going to post office is an effort because they're not always near. You can't park really easily. It's an effort to be there, and it also comes along as you mentioned at a time where online shopping in the next three years is going to double the amount of shopping we're going to do online, and those parcels have got to come somewhere. Mm. And not everyone can stay home at the same time. Mm. Not everything can fit in your letterbox. So having that convenient, and I think. I think was it was it Woolworths that that, that set up a, a partnership with drop eBay? Uh, drop and go yeah so you can you can yeah so if you buy something on eBay and rather than it being left out the front of your house or you know you get a come to the post office pickup card yep. you can pop into your Woolworth local Woolies store to pick it up so having these convenient locations it's going to be a kind of a, it's going to have a, the flow on effect where okay because I've got the locker I'm going to order more stuff online mm. so. That's another reason, another factor why online commerce is is growing. The fact that we just it's convenient, but now that there's for these facilities to accept our deliveries, well, it's going to take off even more. And the thing is, and, and Bruce talks about this, the the locker system becomes a personal locker system. So I could just go to Westfield, type in a code, drop something there, and you can pick it up. So there's no e-commerce involved. There's no delivery mechanism involved. You're basically just kind of utilizing and renting the space. Plus, you know, it's in, in office, all about one thing, convenience. That's it. That's exactly the C word, convenience. And I'll tell you another thing that, that, and I've been listening, people that listen to me know I've been listening to the Mark Boris podcast for a while. It's not bad if you're into, into sort of businessy stuff, but he's, he's been doing a, bit, a lot of stuff with Uber, and we should mention Uber's been um, basically legalized yes. in New South Wales. Yep. So $1, gonna, $1 fee going to be added to all taxi and Uber trips to fund the, the payout, basically, of the licenses. But um, that aside, um, Uber for couriers, right? So imagine, again, Uber or another company mm-hmm. becomes the way you just say, oh, I need something delivered. So you just use an app. You say, call a, call a car, get it dropped here. You know, that whole mechanism, the, the basic underlying principle Social of the economy. Australia Post Network yeah. is dead. You know, daily deliveries, a delivery structure, a delivery route. Mm-hmm. It's dead. Even courier delivery routes won't, won't last mm-hmm. the way they are because there'll be new yeah. mechanisms. You've got to remember, though, Australia Post, they've, they've had post office boxes for decades so the, the the concept isn't new it's just making it a the, the customer knowing about it you know you can't sell a secret you need to know that there's that facility available and b just making it easier for the customer to access it park you know have parking near the post office like my well, local good news post is, office here is botany post office and it is a nightmare to find a parking like, park in, in defense of australia post they have started rolling out their parcel locker system at 7-elevens yeah. and things as well so you can pull up get petrol and get your parcels but it's an interesting time ahead i've written a, written a bunch of garbage on it if you want to read it at uh, eftm.com.au Well, it's a time of year where I think a lot of parents are 
it's a pretty easy gift choice to make to buy their child a, a computer game, whether it's for the PlayStation, for their Xbox, for the Nintendo, Wii. Mum, I want Grand Theft Auto. Mum, I want Call of Duty. Well, this, here's the challenge, and, and I think as a parent myself, and you're a parent too, my parent, kids are a bit older than yours, but I think parents really do need to take notice of, of, of the rating system that are on games. There's this... There's this perception, and I, I had a chat with a guy who works for EB Games and sort of got his take on it. There's this perception among parents that, that yeah, it's okay to buy Little Johnny Grand Theft Auto. It's only a game. It, it, there's no harm in that. Mm. that. That is such... It is so wrong that the parent can be so ignorant to think that a game that is, is arguably as lifelike as a film will not have the same effect on a child as an R-rated movie would. So, In fact, potentially worse. I mean, now, let's not get into the debate here about you know violent games tending to violent people, but the, the fact is that in Grand Theft Auto, you take your kids to a movie where there's a strip club, you can cover their eyes and say, don't look now, little Johnny, and that might be it. But with Grand Theft Auto, the kid can go into a strip club he can ask a girl to dance. Yep. He can play with her on a lap dance and have, give her money. You can have sex in Grand Theft Auto. You can have I sex. I haven't got to that level. In Grand Theft Auto. Well, I'm the, still at first base. That's a, <laughs> but this is a, something that parents would be shocked to learn. They're giving, basically giving their child the permission to do that. And, and the other difference is, well... Let alone drive down the street and pile into and people, people on, the, on the sidewalk, oh, yeah. let alone and, shoot them. And blow people's heads off with, with high-powered weapons. Yeah. Like, you know, Call of Duty's rated R for a reason. And Grand Theft Auto's rated R for the same reason. It, it, it's, it's explicit and it's aimed at an audience that, for, for a gaming audience with an average age of 32, this proves once and for all that gaming isn't for kids. It took years to get the R rating in gaming to bring it in line with films mm. to say to people, look, this is a legitimate form of entertainment that's enjoyed by adults and kids, and the rating system is just like the movies because it's the same kind of audience. So please, if you're a parent... And you're thinking your child's hassling you to buy Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I played it at my mate's house. That still doesn't give them the... You should really think twice about giving them that game for Christmas. If they're 12, you're not going to buy them an R-rated movie for Christmas. Just like you're not going to buy them cigarettes and alcohol, which you also need to be 18. Think twice about doing it. Look at the rating. It's there for a reason. A staff member at a game store cannot sell you a game without ID. If it's an R-rated game, even MA games, if they sell that to your child, that's instant dismissal for that employee. Yet there have been cases where a child comes to the counter with Call of Duty or Grand Theft Audio and the money, and the staff member says, sorry, mate, I can't sell you this. You're not old enough. The child then goes back to mum or dad, disappointed. Oh, they wouldn't sell me the game. The parent has walked back, marched back into the store, abused the staff member who was trying to explain the fact that this is an R-rated game that your, your child wants to buy. Mm. The, in the cases I've heard, the parent throws the money at the staff member. It's only a game. But give, me, give it to me. Put it in a bag. I want to take it home. This is a dangerous mm. attitude for parents. Their child is going to be exposed to all this stuff. And the, the, the excuse that it's only a game, uh, it's not like a movie, that's totally wrong. Look at the rating. It's there for a reason. And uh, I'll, I'll finish off. And I, I have a pretty, not strict opinion, but of movie ratings where I'm, I'm pretty pretty clear that I'm not, my kids aren't going to M, let alone MA, 15 plus movies. But here's the difference. As I said before, you can take your kids to a movie 
knowing that it's probably not perfectly suited to yeah. them, but you can protect them by you know talking to them, covering you're them. Only watching it. You're only watching it. You're exactly. not controlling it. You're not exactly. actually, that, and you know what's going to happen. And this stuff. critically, you're with them, yeah. right? Yeah, now, if you're the, I'm going to be, I'll be editorial here, but if you're the sort of parent that lets uh, a kid who's 12 go to an MA15 plus movie on their own. Then well, they can't. You need yeah, ID. But let's, you need let's ID. say there's a way in, right? Yeah. Let's say you buy them the ticket, let them go yeah, to the movie, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Um, then, then you're you're as culpable as someone who lets their kid play a game. It's 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 no different, right? If you buy, if you Trevor Long went out and bought Jackson Long, who's nine, a packet of cigarettes and alcohol, mm. they'd re- they'd arrest you. Mm. So if you buy your child an R-rated game, you're doing you're committing a similar offence. Lock them up. Uh, good story written up at uh, techguide.com.au. Now, I, I don't want to alarm anyone, especially if you're driving. Um, if you're walking, just keep your eye on the footpath. I don't want you to trip over because you can break your arm. It hurts. Um, we're not having minute reviews. No. Okay, now everyone just... Just take Calm a, t- take a deep breath. We, I've, I've, I, feel, I feel bad that we didn't announce last, last week's as the final ones for the year. But anyway... Uh, breaking news on that too, by the way. So next week we won't be back with the podcast, but I think we'll, we might do a little pre-CES, post-Christmas, um, you know, 2016. Yeah, <laughs> technically not the last of the year. Because oh, yes, because it, it might be before the first. yeah, so... Oh, okay, good call. Last so last reg- before Christmas. Last regular podcast of the year. Last regular, and certainly the last before Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everyone. But um, we are going to wrap the show with something different, which is... Last-minute Christmas gift ideas. Now, they may not be the simplest, cheapest, whatever, but we just wanted to talk about three or four things that we think make great gifts and that you might not have thought about. So, Stephen. We've we've picked out two products each. I'm going to kick it off with the Alcatel OneTouch Idle 3 smartphone. $379, 5-inch screen, 5.5-inch screen, running Android, thin, very light, all the features you'd come to expect from a phone three times as much. In fact, it is my Christmas gift to my mother-in-law. She needed a new phone. Most, pe- most people go, well, that's, that's a good write-off a then. Good but Stephen loves his mother-in-law. It's, oh, absolutely, yeah. Good on you, Anne. She won't be listening, but no. it's good on you, Anne. <laughs> but uh, she's listening as my wife. <laughs> but no, that, that's, my, that's one of my picks. Alcatel One Touch Idle 3, 379 bucks. You can buy it from Dodo Kiosks and also the Dodo website. I'm going to say walk into Officeworks, uh, JB Hi-Fi, wherever, and, and have a look at the Arlo range of cameras. We talk about it as... I bought that for my parents, but uh, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> we talk about them as sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech and long-term friends of, of, the, of the two blokes. But... Genuinely, we're talking about simple cameras here, which I—it's funny I use them. I've got them at home, but this week I did them on the Today Show, so I, I kind of got them out of the box again, did the whole thing, and mate, they are so bloody easy to set up. They are so easy to set up as security cameras. They are so easy to monitor, mate. We'll be experiencing that on Christmas Day at my parents' house. It's such a good gift. So anyway, the Nitki Arlo smart home security cameras give those a whirl. Right, my other choice is an audio gift. We all love our music. The Bose SoundTouch 10 multi-room and Bluetooth speakers. They've got Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So these are a, a smaller speaker, but have the kind of output that you think, whoa, that's a big sound. 299 bucks, which I think is pretty, not, it's pretty good quality, pretty good value when you consider it's like a UE Boom 2 is 250 bucks. It's only $50 cheaper, UE Boom oh, 2, that's yeah. just a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. SoundTouch 10, for an extra 50 bucks, you've got this brilliant speaker, 
great sound quality. It can be part of an expandable network. Absolutely yeah. right. So that is my second pick, the Bose Sound Touch 10 299. It's got a great app that runs with it. It's got even the six preset buttons on top. So it's literally a one-touch operation if you know that play- playlist number one has your favorite latest album. Boom, you're ready to go. Easy way to set up on the app and easy way to connect it to, to, your, to your home network and enjoy all your services like your Spotify's and all that on as well. Very good. I'm going to wrap it up with the most simple and boring gift that anyone can, can give, but you can put some thought into it. Gift vouchers. Now, iTunes and Google Play are, mate, that is my son, his birthday this week, at his party yesterday in the 20 kids, he got a total of $90 worth of iTunes vouchers. Hello. Can I tell you? He's wrapped. Yeah. Doesn't realise that I've still got to approve every purchase. <laughs> but um, but it is, mate, it's huge. because Barnum albums in there, mate. mate he doesn't need to buy them. I've got them all. Um, very, thanks for the sore point because I missed the concert this week. Anyway, um, it was Jackson's birthday, so I was doing the right thing. Amanda thought I'd be excommunicated. You could have taken him to the concert, mate. That's a nice birthday present. He wanted to go. I took my daughter. My daughter, she was a big fan of Hall & Oates. My my eldest daughter Jacqueline. I took her to a Hall of Notes concert. Was that punishment? No, it was her eighteenth birthday. Okay. Anyway, so so I go just go to Woolies, iTunes, and Google Play. They're both there. Listen, the worst gift you can give is a Facebook voucher because I don't know what they're for. Um, it's free, and if you're playing games on Facebook, get a life. Yeah. But iTunes and Google Play means people can buy great apps. They could be productivity apps. They could be music. Could be videos. Could be movies. Could Content be in-app purchases. Could be gold in Clash of Clans. Doesn't matter what it is. Absolutely. They're a great gift, and uh, and that's that's my suggestion for our little Christmas gift card. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, uh, that is it for the uh, pre-Christmas uh, dribble from the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Uh, it is great to be here live in the uh, Tech Guide Theatre, and Stephen, I think uh, just judging. Oh. Yeah, I've got my lightsaber again, mate. We talked it out. Come up here with me. Oh, we'll let's talk to Dark. Right, okay. okay, let's. let's, let's see oh, hang on, hang on. This is exclusive. The third bloke talking third, tech. Talking it's tech. the first time it's ever okay, happened. Turn the lightsaber off. Bring your mic around and wait, wait. near his mouth here. Here, 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 here he goes. Here. Yeah, here he goes. What is thy bidding? My master. Now, for those who don't, this is my full-size Darth Vader in in, in my home theatre, mm-hmm. and He's he than talks. Me. He talks. He's taller than me too. I am your father. Whoa! Controversy. Hello. Let's do one more. Should we do one more? Here we go. If you only knew the power of the dark side. <laughs> That is the first edition he's, of he's three, three blokes, blokes talking, talking tech was Darth Vader in my I'm home. I'm assuming theater. the Stormtrooper doesn't talk. Stormtrooper's mute. He okay. does like <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for listening this year. It's been a fun year. We've done a lot. We've been a lot of places. And uh, I can give you a gold platter guarantee, ladies and gentlemen. 2016 is going to be much bigger. Merry Christmas, mate. And you too. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for your continued support. We love hearing you uh, on uh, from you on Facebook and, uh, sorry, I should say Twitter most mainly. But, uh, yeah, so we really appreciate you listening. This is You're the reason we do this, so thank you very much. We'll be back again maybe just before CS and, of course, at CS a bunch of times because it's the biggest tech show in the world. 